Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast that critics around the nation are calling terrible. This is terrible. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I read that one earlier before it was going on and I was like, uh, well, maybe if I read it in a positive way. Uh, no, but anyways, welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another week. I hope you've had a good one. Um, happy post-Easter, happy post-420, uh, um, all of that. And actually, regarding that, we'll kick off the show with, um, it's a, kind of a hybrid segment. Checking in, of course. Uh, this is the 53rd podcast, so happy 53rd to you all. Uh, it's funny, I didn't make a big deal about really the 50th even, which is a big milestone. Anything even past three or four, I think, is a big milestone for me. Um, the fact I've been able to keep it going for a week of, uh, you know, for more than a week. The fact I've been able to keep it going, yeah, every week for for a while now has been pretty uh, pretty crazy. And so lucky that I've been able to continue to do so but um but you know i didn't really say anything about the because i got a couple of people that reached out and said happy kind of year because it's 52 and technically you know everyone knows this 52 weeks in a year right it's not like somebody pointed it out to me <laughs> no i didn't know that that's one of the numbers i knew but um it actually we've put out a couple weeks where we've had double episodes so this actually you know last week's was the 52nd but that wasn't really a full one year anniversary the actual year i'm going to look it up here on our website because that has the date of when everything was posted uh, i believe it's going to be in about three or four weeks so let's see here what was it um i know this is riveting radio Everyone's like, when was the first one? Um, it was, well, I can tell you. Number one was first released May 14th. So there you go. Yeah, about three, four weeks from now, that will be the one-year anniversary. So it's getting close. So that is pretty exciting. A first one-year anniversary coming up. Um, but yeah, other than that... Um, I've been reading a ton this week. We've had a little break from actual shooting or filming. And so um, been catching up on the old comic books and had a lot of good comic book releases this week, um, including, so this is a little bit of the comic book segment, uh, but including one that you should definitely check out is a one-shot written by Gary Duggan and uh, Brian Posehn. Um and uh, Duggan, of course, and I've heard it pronounced Jerry Dugan as well. So <clears throat> who knows what the actual one is? Maybe he would. Um, but he wrote and created Deadpool. And so him and uh, Brian Posehn, who also worked on a couple runs, are teamed up back again with another great uh, story that is called The Secret History of War on Weed. Uh, basically it's set, I wanted to read the description. The year is 1985. The first lady decides to crush Northern California cannabis farmers and deploys the biggest tool in the armed forces, Scott McTiernan, who's like a roided out hero from eighties action movies. Looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger and including one of the words, one of the lines of dialogue he says is if it weeds, we can kill it, which if you're a predator nerd like me, 
that's a takeoff of the big line. If it bleeds, we can kill it. So this has been Matt Breaks Down the Joke. Uh, but also this week, you got the new issue of um, Nice House on the Lake, written by James the Fourth. This is a great horror series. If you are looking for a good one to start, you know, this one's eight issues in, so you're not too far behind. Um, definitely check that out. Nice House on the Lake is great, and this week's is no exception. Um, let's see what else is really good that I can recommend. Newest issue of Ice Cream Man number 29 came out this week, written by... Um, w. Maxwell Prince, so an art by Martin Morazzo. So definitely check that out. Um, New Black Hammer Reborn number 11, solid issue came out, written by Jeff Lemire. And let's see, what else? Stranger Things, Kamchatka number two, that's also a pretty solid series. Uh, that, those are the big, uh, big issues of the week, so definitely. You know, check those out. Um, yeah, there you go. All right, from there, I wanted to go into, you know, there's this story that I found recently. Like, uh, I went for a walk and, um, on the walk, I was just uh, kind of looking through different articles and stuff like that, stuff that would be good to talk about. And this one came up that is probably my favorite story, maybe of the entire podcast so far. Um, and so, but I'm going to, I'm going to tease it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to tell that later more towards the end of the show. But uh, yeah, this is definitely, um, let's just say, let's just say this person got into a real sticky situation, if you will. It's a little tease for you. Also, sticky situations. I just had breakfast and decided to do pancakes. And I love that. Um, but every time I do, too, like I love just heaping it up with the syrup. I mean, that's the way you got to do it. But I always just walk away feeling like I'm covered in stick, and then everything in my room will now be covered in stick. So that's good. So if you try to give me a hug, just be aware. <laughs> You're... Now going to be two-thirds maple syrup. Um, so anyways, yeah, what should we go from here? Where do? How have you been? Um, I'm not going to do that uh, crazy news story quite yet. Uh, but what we can get into is uh, TV. So this week has been some great shows coming out. I watched the um, Tokyo Vice. I'm caught up on that. So the new episodes that they just dropped yesterday were really good. I like it. It's a slow burn. Like it, it's, you know, it's Michael Mann who created it, who did Heat. And that's one of those three-hour movies that I can watch over and over again. Um, and we'll talk about another three-hour movie I ended up watching later um, that I keep going back to. But Tokyo Vice is a real kind of like slow burn, I feel like. But uh, it is good, but it's one of those ones that I think if you stick with it, you're going to keep getting a lot out of it, but you really have to stick with it. Uh, Moon Knight is a, is the new Marvel TV show. Last week's episode was great and solid as well, or this past Wednesday. So continues to just keep getting better and better, so I like that. Um, the final season, or the final episodes of the season for Minx were great. Another solid outings, hilarious episodes, so check that out. Um, Atlanta was 
this past week's episode was so good about a missing cell phone. Uh, Paperboy loses his phone and they think maybe an obsessive fan could have taken it. Um, and it's funny, I've been in that situation where I've looked for people's, you know, someone on the crew or whatever's lost a phone, um, sometimes more often than not. And then uh, we're going and looking for it. And that is one of the, I totally can empathize with that because it's, you're on it all the time. Um, and this is going to come into play actually later with the, with my favorite story that I've ever heard. Um, but has to do with a cell phone, but I've had that and you just feel completely different. You feel naked, you feel lost, (laughs) you question your life's decisions. Uh, maybe not that bad, but it is, it's definitely alarming. Um, also this week, um, but yeah, anyway, so that episode, if you watched it, uh, before I move on to the next thing, uh, focus, man, focus, um, Atlanta was really good and, you find out the viewer finds out that the person who took the cell phone was actually somebody that they've just added into their entourage. This guy socks who I do like this character, British guy, but, uh, unsure what his motives are yet and what, what's going to play out from that, but looking forward to it for sure. Uh, better call Saul. The first two episodes came out, uh, very solid, really tense, um, intense action pieces, including Nacho, he's on the run, some great shootout scenes, and one that ended the second episode that's pretty fantastic, uh, directed by Vince Gilligan. Um, I'm looking for more kind of tie-ins to Breaking Bad. They've had a lot so so far, but as it's ramping up, because they're starting to merge into Breaking Bad, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing more familiar faces. So there you go. Check that out. You got a lot to watch. Tokyo Vice, Better Call Saul, Moon Knight, Minx, and Atlanta. go to some entertainment news not all news is good news sometimes and sometimes you get bad reviews of a show or when you get something that is historically or fact-based you get people that question that and sometimes are questioning how they're portrayed well that's definitely the case now with the hbo series winning time which is the rise of the lakers dynasty um, adam mckay's tv show and it is had a lot of critiques lately, including one from Abdul-Jabbar, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he says, there's only one immutable sign in writing. Don't be boring. He said, winning time commits that sin over and over again. Wow. Shots fired. He says, it isn't just deliberately honest, the show. It's drearily dull. And he goes into more detail and you can definitely, you know, check out his complete answer. But a lot of it was saying that he he goes, I'll start with the bland characterization. The characters are crude stick-like figures, representations that resemble real people. The way Lego Han Solo resembles Harrison Ford. Um, Huh. says each character is reduced to a single bold trait as if the characters were afraid that if anything more complex came out, it would tax the viewer's comprehension. 
I do notice that with shows. Sometimes they definitely they don't trust that their audience will be able to follow along sometimes. But yeah, there you go. That's uh, And it didn't stop just there, too. Um, I will say about career or about uh, um, Kareem, though, is that I worked with him on Splash, which is that celebrity diving TV show. And if you haven't seen it, check that out, because that's a definitely a, a you know, I'm not here to just plug my shows, but that uh, is a uh, it was a fun, a fun blast to work on. But it was also just bizarre because you would have him. Louis Anderson, R.I.P., would be one of the guys that was diving. Uh, Chewy, also R.I.P., uh, Chewy Bravo from Chelsea lately. Um, but I can tell you um, that uh, Kareem was one of the nicest guys when I worked with him. And so I've got nothing but good things to say. And it must be weird to see your life and a good section or chunk of your life represented on there. I would definitely be, you know, not even because I don't think he's being hypercritical, but I definitely it's it'd be easy to be like, yeah, you totally missed the boat, I feel like. Um, But yeah, it doesn't stop with just his uh, comments on it, too, where um, Jerry West actually went out and he is demanding a retraction by HBO and a public apology. He said, you took a happy and super successful Lakers era and turned it into a pulpy soap opera. You depicted the people in a false light, not at all who they are, to garner ratings and make money. Well, there you go. That's the that's the industry. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, let's see. Another thing that kind of struck my mind for some random entertainment news of this week um, is uh, the whole Jeff Garland kind of debacle with Goldberg's. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, he had recently been called out for um, his conduct on set. Which also I just read earlier uh, that Bill Murray, they, they just halted Aziz Ansari's um, directorial debut because of allegations from Bill Murray, which is crazy. So they had to halt production while everyone kind of figures it all out. And... Uh, does a thorough investigation. Pretty crazy. But so Garland left uh, the show Goldberg's last December after his investigation on that conduct, which he described his antics as just silly. And then um, there was an HR investigation on him for three years, he said, after his coworkers repeatedly accused him of misconduct. So it sounds like he's not coming back, but apparently what they did is they put a CGI version of him in there, <laughs> which is so crazy that they can do that um it said if you thought you saw the last of cgi jeff garland smiling from the depths of the uncanny uncanny valley well you might be out of luck so it says that the show will continue to use murray goldberg for the remainder of the ninth season through off-camera dialogue pulled from earlier episodes and unused takes as well as previously shot images of garland so there you go more cgi garland crazy folks the craziest story i've ever heard will be told right after this (laughs) 
another tease. You're going to finally hear it and be like, ah, this story sucked. It's, uh, we waited for this. Uh, let's do some, um, let's do a little advice. If you have any advice, questions, or comments or concerns, please feel free to reach out at notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. That is notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com, and we will try to answer that on a future podcast. First off, um, somebody wanted to know how to manage severe job interview anxieties. After a bombed job interview and then wallowing in self-hatred, a job seeker wanted to know how to overcome severe anxiety. Well, first off, just know that the bombing of an interview is um, totally normal. I mean, some people are great at it, and there are some that I'm sure never bombed one, have uh, just a flawless record when it comes to that, but not me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the good thing about the entertainment industry, I feel like, is that there's so many different jobs and so many like different facets of it. So I did a ton of interviews and totally tanked a bunch of them. Um, but it just helped me. And I don't think that I'm perfect at it, but I do have it down a little bit to kind of play to my strengths. Um, and I think that's the key. Or otherwise, what do they say? Imagine or just show up naked. Is that what the saying is? Just show up to your interview naked? No, imagine people naked. I don't know. That would make me more nervous. But um, yeah, it's tough. And sometimes when you think, you, I'm I'm very hypercritical of myself. So when I think it's doing, I'm doing poorly and the interview is going real rough, it's not sometimes. So, but again, I think if you can manage to move it towards your strengths, like, uh, um, you know, I think that that will definitely definitely help um but yeah i think i told this story before that i um thought i bombed an interview by calling somebody and thanking them and i kept hitting the like the first time i said the message i thought i messed it up so i go boop and then i kept redoing the message only to accidentally send the entire thing and realize that i had just been hitting buttons i had never really been deleting and erasing the previous message so they got like a five-minute tape of me just sounding like a psycho. <laughs> and then I got the job. So I guess the point is, um, what is the point? I guess the point is that uh, you think it could be going really bad and it might be really good. So embrace your craziness. Uh, one person wrote in, wanted to know, is frugality reason enough to skip meals? Uh, the couple... This one couple apparently said that uh, some of their friends, another couple, said that uh, a certain event was too expensive for them and they bailed from the event. But they know that this couple has money and all that. Well, you know, then I think you got to read between the lines. (laughs) Um, They're clearly not wanting to be there. You know what I mean? Like you can tell when I love when people try to like fault somebody for their uh, excuse and they try to poke holes through their excuse and it's like well clearly they just didn't want to go for a certain reason you know what I mean and then it's like what you're going to do is you're just going to poke holes till someone goes yeah I just don't like how you chew with your mouth open I don't want to go hang out with you um, if anything just stop inviting them and say that you're trying to save them money you know what I mean just totally cut ties be like no this is good you'll save money no, they'd hate that. And uh, don't stoop to that level, you know? It's words of my parents. 
Words of wisdom. Um, let's see. Oh, this uh, somebody writes in and says that their son-in-law told them, or actually their in-laws told them that they may have a hoarding issue at their house. Well, I feel like that's about me big time. I feel like that's directed right right to me. I feel I feel attacked. <laughs> as I as we're recording this podcast, I'm looking around and I have piles of comic books and books on my floor. Um, I know I've, t- I've talked about this in the past, but there's a, I did a show called Clean House. It was a reality show that had hoarders before hoarders, and it was uh, very eye opening to see how some people live. Like some people underneath their bed sheets and all that had old eggshells and food sandwiches, just disgusting. But, um, you know, I thought that that would really help and change me into not collecting and hoarding a bunch of stuff, but I am, I, they are me and I am them. So I don't know, but you can get better. I think the first step is now that you know that it's illuminated, but other people have seen it. Um, like I'll just remove a few things too. Now, after I've done reading a book, I'll you know get rid of it or you know, give it to a library, donate it. Um, so I'm learning slowly but surely. I'm learning. Now we can talk about the craziest story is what I would say if I was ready to talk about it, but not yet. Uh, yeah, we got a little bit. Uh, I'm going to save that one, milk that one till the very end. Um, last segment. Uh, but any hoozle, <laughs> it's so not going to be worth it. <laughs> By the end of it, it's just going to be like, uh, it really is going to be such a disappointment. Uh, but any, any hoozle, any Hussle. Uh Let's talk about movies. Um, and I wanted to actually, one of the shows that I wanted to talk about uh, was a documentary about movies, but I never got around to it. But I wanted to talk about this. And, you know, this fits because it's all about movies. But uh, I talked about this before, the show called Cursed Films. And it's on Shudder. And each episode, they tackle a different movie that had, uh, you know, rough go of it as far as uh, the filming process and all that. And, you know, they did Exorcist. They did the Twilight Zone movie, of course. So they go through a bunch of kind of the classics. But the one that they just did last week is probably my favorite one, even though it's it's definitely one of the most heartbreaking, compelling ones, too, is they looked at the movie, the making of Andrei Tarkovsky's uh, Stalker, which is a movie I didn't know anything about and hadn't seen. I saw, I know he's done, he's done a lot of influential movies. One of them being the, uh, uh, original Solaris, which I have seen, but this one is this kind of post-apocalyptic world after what happens during a kind of nuclear meltdown. Um, and they say that movie kind of predicted Chernobyl, which was in the same area. So very crazy. That TV show Chernobyl too on HBO Max is so beautiful and depressing and uh, really worth your time to watch it. But just be prepared that you're not going to come out of that one 
feeling great. <laughs> um, but this one so talks about kind of the making of this movie and that it had a lot of issues, obviously. It had some production disasters like, uh, um, you know, apparently they shot the entire movie and then realized that the film stock was all damaged, which that's a nightmare. Though some people in the documentary conclude that it was more he was wanting another chance at uh, filming the movie. You know, you kind of did the first pass of it, and now you know know how you want to do it. Um, and so that they, the idea was that might have blamed it on the film stock, but really it was just a chance to do the movie over again and do it a better way. So who knows what the you know real answer was on that? But um, it's a pretty powerful documentary, and they talk about. Um, you know, shooting a bunch of the stuff in this industrial area where they would put waste into the local water supplies, the rivers and lakes. And during the filming, they would film in this water, this just horrible wastewater. And a lot of people got sick. Multiple crew members ended up getting like lung cancer and dying and their you know conclusion was that it was from that stuff and the filmmaker himself tarkovsky uh, died seven years later and they say could have been related to that so pretty crazy uh cinematographer roger deakins who's awesome does you know a bunch of coen brothers movies he speaks about you know tarkovsky and about that movie and it was very interesting the interviewer of the show I know I'm going on and on about this show during the movie section, but uh, um, he was like, he asked, he asked Deacons, you know, if you had the opportunity to work with this guy, um, but he wanted you to shoot in wastewater that could kill you, would you do it? And he said that him now, no. But he goes, if it was him 30 years ago and he was working with Tarkovsky, his hero, he said, who knows? He might have. Um, pretty crazy and pretty intense and it's like it's one of those things where you do when you you always hear about these weird situations people get in while they're filming and that's one of those things where you got to think you know always and it's easier said than done but be like i don't know would i regret this 30 years from now um so yeah pretty fascinating but there you go that's uh the cursed films 2 review on the movie section uh but i also saw um the batman again so i'll save you more time by me going into that again i still give it a good but a good or not good it's a good but uh man that last scene with joker it's just that almost ruins it for me it almost takes the three hours away um also this week i did a lot of rewatching, so uh um, all of these are good in my opinion um no not goods this week so that's good not goods, giving out not goods, not giving out not goods is good. It just blew up my brain. Uh, but watch Beetlejuice, The Kingsman, and Point Break. Uh, oh, wait, Kingsman I hadn't seen before, but that was a very good movie. That's a def- definite good. Check that out. Um, and the Kingsman trilogy, I think all three of those are very solid. But I rewatched uh, Beetlejuice and Point Break. So there you go. Great movies for the week.
finally, the moment we've all waited for. The uh, This is the random news section, and there is a lot of weird random news this week. But my favorite slash worst one, I'll do in a little bit, but uh, I, I know this bit's getting old. <laughs> but first, I wanted to talk about this. I don't know if you guys have ever, um, you know, people will, will tell you or tell me often, go to hell. And I usually just assume they're talking about Hell, Michigan. And if you've been there, it is it is cool. It's an interesting place. We shot an episode of Ghost Nation there. Uh, but apparently this is a thing that I didn't know uh, existed. And I feel like it's going to be all of our Christmas or birthday gifts in the future. I'm just plugging in my power supply before my computer dies. Uh yeah, this is one of those things that could be on our Christmas and birthday list for sure. But a cat who became famous on social media for having large eyes is now going to be the first non-human to serve a day as mayor of Hell, Michigan. So there you go. The town of Hell apparently offers anyone the chance to serve as mayor for one day. It costs you $100, but I think it's worth it. Um, And this time... It's going to allow Jinx, the cat who lives in California with owner Mia. Um, the cat's going to be the f- town's first animal mayor. So there you go. That's pretty great. Uh, Mia said, I made a joke on Twitter saying, imagine Jinx will run for president. And then said, I'd also seen animal mayors before. And I sent a tweet out asking how to make Jinx mayor. And somebody mentioned Michigan that you could pay to be mayor for a day. So I didn't realize that's a thing. But that's that totally is going to be the best gift. Uh, Jinx will be sworn in as mayor virtually on April 24th. She'll receive... So that's uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, she'll serve as mayor for one day, ending with a call from Reverend Vaughn, the town's minister of hell, informing her of her impeachment. So that's pretty sweet. And they talked about how if you do this, everyone gets to have a very fun day, and then at the end of it, will receive the dreaded phone call to be impeached. So there you go. Put that on your future gift list. Now this, now we've gotten to the meat of it, the true story. Um, That is so crazy. First off, I want to say porta potties. Not a fan. Um, They're fine. Sometimes you need them. You have to do them for film shoots or whatever. Uh, I remember waiting at an outhouse slash porta potty when I was a kid. I've told this story before, but when I was a kid camping with my parents and I was waiting for a long time out there, this guy was in there. He gets out. He's a big burly guy. Imagine like Chris Farley-esque, right? And he walks out and I'm a young kid, probably fourth or fifth grade. And he makes eye contact and he grabs my shoulder and was like, I warmed it up for you. And then took off. And then I sat down and it was warm. It was uh, it was a heat that radiated from that that lid, um, disturbing, very. But anyways, I say that because I wouldn't have wanted what happened to this woman in California to happen to me. Or actually, it was in uh, where did it happen? So the incident occurred Tuesday afternoon near the parking lot at the summit of Mount Walker. This is a twenty eight hundred foot mountain at the east edge of Washington's Olympic National Park. So there you go. This is in Washington, not California. But I think she was from, oh, she is uh, from California. Well, apparently, somehow when she was using the porta potty 
she was also using her cell phone. I don't know if it was to, you know, if it's dark, sometimes you don't have lights in there. So I don't know if she was trying to, um, you know, just kind of shed some light on the situation, if you will, and illuminate what was going on. But she apparently dropped her cell phone into the toilet. Ugh. Um, somebody on the crew that happened to, um, and then somebody went and fished that out for this person. <laughs> uh, it was intense. I feel like you just call the phone a loss at that point, right? You get a new phone. I, th- I think it depends on how far in it goes. But so for this person, um, the phone is dropped in and while she went to go retrieve it, she basically, to do this, and it fell down pretty deep, she disassembled and removed the seat, right? So she takes that out, and she lies down, and she's leaning into the hole, and she's clinging with one hand to this dog leash that she tied to a support. Uh, and then the other hand is, you know, going fishing. <laughs> and the leash failed, and she slid into and fell into the vault head first into the pit of the porta potty but uh, that's worse. That's horrible. But then it says after about 20 minutes of unsuccessfully attempting to climb out, she used her phone to call 911. <laughs> so she found the phone at least, but in 20 minutes of that, just swimming in poo. Ugh. But yeah, so rescue crews responded and they handed down items that she could stand on. And then when she was within reach, they pulled her out. She didn't suffer any physical injuries, but a ton of mental injuries. I'm sure. Um, the patient was washed down and, uh, she was strongly encouraged to seek medical attention because just waiting in human waste, but she just said she wanted to leave. She thanked the responders and then left. (laughs) Also, they said that these vault toilets on national recreation land usually have a pit of at least five feet deep. And can hold more than 500 gallons of, they say waste, but we know what that is. Ugh. Well, there you go. On that note, that's the podcast for the week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to end on a somber note. <laughs> uh, thanks for checking it out. If you have any uh, comments, uh, please feel free and reach out to notgoodwithmat at gmail.com. And you're welcome for the story. And uh, yeah, special thanks to Nalo and the Unis for music. We'll see you in one more week on the 54th episode. I love you.